the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us on how we can win the battle over all kinds of temptations. Every temptation has a lie embedded in it. Every temptation has a lie embedded in it. Please do not take the bait. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, but each person, that's every one of us, is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Beloved, beware. Everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that looks good is not good. Satan knows your weaknesses and he will exploit them to bait you and entice you to sin. So don't bite the bait. Don't take the bait. In the the name of Jesus, you have to put on the whole arm of God and fight the devil lest you succumb. Number seven, refuse to be angry and blame God when you have fallen into sin. Refuse to be angry and blame God when you have fallen into sin. James chapter 1 verse 13a says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. You are lying on God. God never, never, never tempts anyone to sin because there is no sin in him. If there's no sin in him, then how can he tempt anybody to sin? The wisest thing we can do when we sin, when you sin, The wisest thing you can do and and glorify God is to repent, repent, confess your sins, accept personal responsibility for your own actions, which is humility, and not seek to deflect, you know, deflect it by blaming God. God. Why did God do this? Why did God allow this? It's God's fault. Listen, if you're going to blame God, then who's going to deliver you? Who's going to save you? Who's going to pick you up? Who's going to savage you? If you can make it God the issue, you need him to get you out, to deliver you. Don't blame God. Don't blame your circumstances when you've fallen into sin. Well, I didn't know who my daddy was. I didn't know who my mama was. Uh, I came up in the ghetto. I was came up in a single-parent home. There are people who come up in the ghetto, in the single-parent home. I wish I could just take y'all to where I was reared. I was poor and didn't know it. And a lot of anybody, do I have any witnesses in here? Do I have, I mean, you, you, you weren't always sitting where you are now. And you know, it's by the grace of God, you are where you are right now. You know, you blame God for your circumstances. No, no, I'm gonna work hard. It, it, it's my fault, it's not God's fault. It's not my circumstances. Well, I did this happen to me. Uh, I didn't get this job because uh, I was black. Maybe true, but not in every case. 
That's right. Prepare yourself, work hard. God's opened the door. He'll confound those persons who are interviewing you. Yeah, matter of fact, God knows how to hire you without a degree. Now, I'm not saying don't get a degree, you know, but I'm just saying when God want to put you somewhere, he has a thousand and one ways of getting you where he wants you to be. Do I have a witness? Have you seen God make moves on your life and put you in places you know you didn't deserve to be there, but you got there by the grace of God, and he kept you there till you retired? Till you retired. You know you didn't deserve to be there. You know God opened that door. Blaming others. Blaming us. It's the pastor's fault. It's my sister's fault. It's mama. Oh, it was daddy. You know, he was a tough old man. Wait a minute. What about you? What culpability do you do you uh, hold in this in this regard? God will bless and restore the one who possesses a humble and contrite spirit. Number eight, be mindful. In the midst of temptation, God will always provide a way of escape. That's a profound scripture and principle. First Corinthians ten thirteen C says, but with the temptation. He, God, will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Beloved, when tempted, you can trust God's faithfulness to provide a way of escape when you are tempted. But if you are not looking for the escape route, you will not find it. Some of you don't find the escape route because you're not looking for it. You know why you're not looking for it? Because you love your sin. Also, Never become comfortable in the devil's domain and get out. Never be comfortable in the devil's domain and get yourself out of that. Be where you belong and not where you don't belong. Number nine, if you're going to resist temptation, you must stay away from environments where you will be most vulnerable to sin. You must get out and flee from it, as in the case of Joseph. Genesis chapter 39, verses 11 through 12. It's a profound text. You need to read all of that 39th chapter. I'm going to just give you a few verses out of it. It says in Genesis 39, 11 and 12, it says, But one day... When he, Joseph, went into the house to do his work, he was just minding his own business, doing his own work, and look, and none of the men of the house was there in the house. Satan loves to get you alone. That's why it's not good to seclude yourself and isolate yourself and shut yourself in. Satan does his best work on people who get, who seclude themselves, who isolate themselves, you find them with more mental issues, suicidal tendencies, and depression. You need people. You need to get out the house. You need to interact. You need to let God use you. Now, Joseph was in the house taking care of his own business, and Miss Potiphar was looking at this man. The man was a good-looking man, handsome, well-built, had biceps and all of this. And she, I mean, she was saying, this is a fine specimen of a man, and I, I like what I see, and I want what I see, and since I miss part of I'm going to get him. So she, she started lusting after the man, breathing deeply and panting and craving, and she, she, she was out of her mind in heat. So much so that she called him 
she, she called him by his garments saying, lie with me. Y'all know what that means. But he left his garment in her house and fled and got out of the house. Got out, he fled and got out. Now he could have got him a piece. But he didn't say, he didn't say, I can handle it. I'm macho. I know how to say no. God is with me. The spirit of God is with me. He's upon me. I have favor from God. I can withstand her and do the, do Mr. Potiphar's work. He didn't say that. He didn't contemplate. He got out. He ran. And a whole lot of y'all are in the mess you in now because you didn't run. There's some men that came into your life that you should have ran from, that you should have run from. Some women that came into your life that you should have run for, from. Some friends and peers and co-workers that came into your life, messed you up. You know what they do? They come in, mess you up, shipwreck your life, and, when, and after they do that, they go, you can't even find them. You, not a trace of them. Not a trace of them. Beloved, you must run from temptation and refuse to linger around it just like Joseph. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from it. Any kind of it. Any kind. Any kind. Be mindful. Not only must you resist temptation, but you also must run. No, I'm going to stay and resist. No, run from it. Be mindful of this. Also, take note that Joseph did the right thing. How many of y'all know Joseph did the right thing? Raise your hand. Did he do the right thing? Yeah, he did the right thing. But I got some news for you. Yet he found himself in great trouble. Even when you do the right thing does not necessarily mean you're not going to get in trouble. People will lie on you like she did. She slandered the man. She lied on him. He got out. He ran. He didn't do anything and still got in trouble. Everybody in jail is not guilty. And he found himself in trouble and in prison. But the beauty of it all is that even in prison, the Lord was with him. And in due time, God elevated him to the second in command for the saving of many souls to include Israel, the Jews. Amen. What a beautiful story. Uh, Number 10, be mindful. There is no sin that you can commit that will stop God from loving you. All of us in here have sinned. All of us, whether you say it or not. Jeremiah 31, 3b says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. For those of you who have yielded to temptation and are now living a sinful lifestyle, be confident today that God loves you at your best and at your very worst. And there is absolutely nothing you can do, no sin that you can commit that will stop God from loving you with an unconditional love. So why do you say that? The scripture says in 1 John 4, 8b, God is love. 1 John 4, 8b. The way you respond to the love of God is to turn to Christ Confess your sins and depart from your sinful lifestyle. You know what it is. And then the Lord will forgive 
and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Final section and we're done. What should be the believer's response to the failures and sins of others? This is real powerful and you need to write each of these down as we close this message. A, pray for the person who has sinned and ask God to save them, salvage them, and strengthen them as they move on with their life. This is what you're doing for people that you know who have fallen into sin. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore. Say restore. restore. You should restore the person gently. Now I told you so. You make your bed hard. You lay, you lay in it. Get out. No. The church is about restoration. But the scripture says, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. You know, you got to watch that person who come down hard on people who messed up. Oh, I knew it. I've been seeing it all the time. I knew it was going to happen. See there, I told you so. And they just landed on them and landed on. Listen, that person that shows no mercy is usually loaded with sin themselves. Be very careful. Be very careful. B, never, never rejoice in the failures of others because absolutely no one is exempt from sinning. And it is also, and it also puts your spiritual immaturity and pride on display when you have such a state of mind. Never rejoice in the failures of others because absolutely no one is exempt from sinning and it also puts your spiritual immaturity and pride on display when you exploit that person in his or her fall. Proverbs 24, 17 says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. That's, that's shameful. That's shameful. See, what should you do when other believers, when other personalities fail and sin and fall into sin and such things? Learn from the failures and sins of others. Learn from it. There's a big scripture here. I want to read every bit of it. It's not that long, but I want to read it because we need to learn from the failures of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 through 12 says, these things happen as an example to us. Now, stop right there and underline that. If you read your Bible, most likely you just go on and read the next line and all day. You weighed down 15 lines and you didn't stop right here. These things happen as an example to us, to the Corinthians, to the Corinthian believers, so that we would not crave evil as they did. Who, who is they? Israel, verse 7. Or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did. He said, look at Israel. Don't do like Israel did. 
causing, look at this, why? Causing 23,000, say 23,000. 23, say 23,000. 23, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. If 23,000 people died in any city in America, you think that'll make world and national news? I think so. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. They, they, you know, they didn't learn their lesson. God sent judgment after judgment after judgment. Verse 10, and don't grumble as some of them did. I wonder, are there any grumblers in the house? Time to give. Oh, why he got to ask for money. You grumble. Why, why do we have to have these many days for vacation Bible school? Why do we have to have a program? You know, uh, he preached too long. He, oh, he got another revelation. Here's, here's another 15 minutes. <laughs> grumbling under your voice, undertone. You want folk to hear it around you. Just grumbling. You share your grumbling. Contaminating folk. Anybody of you grumbling, anybody grumbling next to you, move from the west side to the east side. <laughs> from the north to the south. Grumbling is, look, verse 10, and don't grumble, say don't grumble. Don't grumble against your husband, your wife, your child, pray. Don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. God said a death angel. Verse 11, underline this again, here it is as it was in the beginning in verse 6. These things happen to them as example for us. For the Corinthians and us today. When are we going to learn our lesson? They were written down, says the scripture, to warn us who live at the end of the age. Are we at the end of the age? Yes, we are. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Be mindful. All lessons do not have to be hard learned. Paul encouraged the Corinthian church to learn valuable lessons from the sins and rebellion of Israel. We must ask ourselves, what is the Lord teaching us through the sins and failures of others? Lord, what, is, what are you teaching me? Instead of criticizing the failures of others, we should learn lessons from them so as not to find ourselves victimized by the same sin. When we yield to temptation, we must first repent when we yield to temptation, we must get up. When we yield to temptation, we need to learn from our sins and failures and press on. When I see things on, on television from people, prominent people, whether they're pastors or preachers or whoever, government leaders and all these things, some of you, you see things happen to people you don't like, good form. You're walking around all day, you just rejoicing. Good form, you're washing clothes, good form. God says, you're a stench in my nostrils. You need to ask yourself when you see the tremendous, horrific falls of others. I've taught myself that down through the years. Lord, what do you want me to learn from this person's fall? Listen, show compassion and treat those who have sinned the way you would like to be treated if you were in the same situation. Show compassion and treat those who have sinned the same way you would desire to be treated if you were in the same situation. Matthew 7, 12 says, 
in everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. E, be mindful that all of us sin. Be mindful that all, every one of us sin. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means that no one is perfect. And that's even you, if you think you are. We've all have sinned and failed God in our past, as well as in the present, as well as in the future. And Jesus died on the cross in a three-dimensional way for past sins, present sins, and future sins. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. F, you must forgive the person who has fallen into sin. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. If you cannot forgive others, then do not expect God to forgive you. It's that simple. That's the word. I didn't say it. I didn't make it up. Check out Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. If you cannot forgive others, then do not expect God to forgive you. Finally, some of y'all been waiting on this. (laughs) Let us be mindful that we must not allow our sins and failures to define our whole life. You say, you're a pastor, but you don't know what I've done. I've done this, whatever this is. I've done that, whatever that is. If all of of us were openly transparent and we had a confession service and say, everybody line up and come to this mic and say at least three sins that you regret to this day, we would all pass out and be on the floor. I'm so glad we don't have a cleaning out the closet service. (laughs) Why don't y'all say amen? Amen. So with, with that being said, let us be mindful that we must not allow our sins and failures to define our whole life. It's over for me. No, no hope for me. I can't make it. This is it. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm in sh- I, I, yeah, my, you, just, you just let that one thing, which could be big, but you let it define your whole, the totality of your life and refuse to allow others. Listen, to this. this is even bigger. And refuse to allow others to continually remind you of your past transgressions and they hold you spiritually hostage. Remember what you did 15 years ago on June the 5th at 12 o'clock at night? (laughs) And every time you get mad, remember what you did on June the 5th at 12 o'clock at night? God has forgiven you, but you remember what you did? Do not Let people hold you spiritually hostage. (laughs) Hebrews 8.12 says, for I will forgive their wickedness. How many of you know you've done some wicked things? Raise your hand. Lying is wicked. Deception is wicked. Slander is wicked. Homongering is wicked. That's right. Pride is wicked. Don't think, don't get cute in your wickedness. I, I, let me read that Hebrews 8, 12 again. This is my last scripture anyhow. For I, God, will forgive their wickedness and remember, say remember, remember. their sins no 
more. Beloved sin, beloved, since God remembers our sins no more when we repent of our own wickedness, then why can't we forgive others who have committed wicked acts as well? The same God that forgave us when we cried out and repented can forgive that other person that has done likewise. It is a terrible thing when we just dangle a person's past sins before them to load them with guilt so you can get your own way. You have a way of reminding. Sometimes you don't say it. You just look at them a certain way and they know what you're thinking. You know, you, you're going back there, but you haven't articulated and you just have one of them looks. Huh? I tell you, don't hold people hostage just like you do not want to be held in hostage and refuse to allow any sin you've committed once you have confessed your sins to Jesus to be the defining of your whole life. There's more life for you to live and God will restore and do even greater things through you because you've learned from the error of your ways and you're moving forward and we support you, we back you, we love you because you've turned to God, made it right, and we will not in this church hold you hostage. And all God's children said, God bless you. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to worship with us on Grandparents' Day, Sunday, September the 10th at 10 a.m. During this special worship celebration, grandparents will be honored for the spiritual foundation they have laid to guide present and future generations through life's earthly journey. Join us. You will be spiritually blessed. The Maranatha Bible Church invites you to join us for a family symposium on Wednesday, September the 13th at 6.30 p.m. The first book of the Bible emphasizes the priority God placed on the family when he created us in his image. In this event, we will be featuring professionals who will present a wide range of topics on vital issues, which will educate and strengthen the family. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.